and welcome back to the History Book Podcast, a podcast which fills in the gaps your school history book may have left out, prepares you for your next pub quiz, and provides you with interesting tales from the past to annoy your family and friends over dinner with. Today, we're talking counterfactual history, the what-ifs and what-could-have-beens of the past and how they might affect us today. Counterfactuals are a bit of a controversial tool in analysing the past, as they require not only a knowledge of the past, but also some ability to spin a story and come up with what-if scenarios. They're not scientific and can't be taken as gospel, as in, this is exactly what would have happened if X or Y did not happen or happened a different way. However, they are interesting. Counterfactual history takes a look at the power of human agency and how much one decision could have affected events far into the future. Historians who use these tools to examine the past have a sort of obligation to distinguish to what extent these alternatives to the past are probable and provide us with reasoning and accurate evidence to prove that this is a possible and probable course of action that could have taken place. I've recently taken an interest in counterfactual history as I'm currently reading Rodham by Curtis Sittenfeld. Rodham is an American alternative history novel published in 2020. The novel imagines a world in which 2016 US Democratic presidential nominee Hillary Rodham Clinton never married Bill Clinton and instead pursued her own political career. Without spoiling too much, the author imagines that Bill Clinton's presidential career would not have been possible without his marriage to Hillary. She's long been criticised for being too outspoken as a woman. At the time of her early career, this was not the norm for most women. If, as in the novel, Bill had married a much more demure and conventional political wife, he would have taken more heed for his infidelities. As it was, everyone decided to hate Hillary, so potentially Bill's career might not have been so successful. That is what piqued my recent interest with counterfactual history and has led me down the rabbit hole that we were about to discuss. All of this being said, take the following examples with a grain of salt and enjoy. Today's episode, we are going to end up discussing how we could have all been communists here in Europe and also the 9-11 to 50 Shades of Grey pipeline. Enjoy! Our first example is what would happen if Archduke Franz Ferdinand wasn't assassinated. As we all probably know, World War I kicked off because of the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand in Sarajevo in 1914. What happened was a young Serbian patriot, Gavrilo Princip, shot and killed the Archduke, who was the heir to the Austro-Hungarian Empire. This then led to the collapse of the Austro-Hungarian Empire because it had lost its heir, and also the Ottoman Empire. At the time, there was an alliance between the Balkans, which is Serbia, Bosnia and Herzegovina, and the Ottoman Empire and the Russians, but the Balkans were pretty politically unstable. Some of the Balkans, mainly Bosnia and Herzegovina, were trying to end the Austro-Hungarians' rule over them, which is how we got the assassination in 1914. The fall of these empires eventually led to the Yugoslav Wars and the creation of modern states, Serbia, Croatia and Slovenia, and the ethnic cleansing goings on, but this isn't what we're talking about today. What we want to know is what would have happened if Franz wasn't shot. Maybe he dodged a bullet or sat out on the warring that day, and somehow or another it didn't happen. Well, in 2014, a political scientist named Richard Ned Lebau published a book with this exact premise. Without Sarajevo and the assassination, you have no World War I, which means no Germany ready to elect Hitler, which means no World War II. This means no Holocaust, which means no state of Israel or the modern Middle East. And apparently that's just one tiny part of the book. He also suggests that the centuries-old Austro-Hungarian Empire would not have only continued, but it would have become a beacon of tolerance due to its multicultural population, because you not only have 
the Austrians and the Hungarians, but you'd likely have continued, they likely would have continued their control over the Balkans. Also without World War I, the Russian Revolution may not have succeeded, which means no Stalin, no Eastern Bloc, and no Gulags. So potentially with no Eastern Bloc, today, in today's world, we might not have a potential third world war on our hands because Putin would have no Soviet Union to dream about at night and make great again, as he so wishes. This also means that the European powers would retain global dominance rather than letting America rise the top, which I think is quite nice. I think that's pretty cool. I'd like to see Europe at the top. I'd like to see Europe as the top dog rather than the US. I wonder if it would be less capitalist if that was the case. Who knows? The second counterfactual we're going to discuss today is Carlos II of Spain and what would have happened if he had had a son or a daughter. So Carlos II of Spain, who was the last member of the House of Habsburg, died in 1701 and his death kicked off the Spanish War of Succession. Now this war took place because Carlos, or Charles, never had any children and therefore provided no heir to the throne of Spain. <laughs> this caused a huge dispute over who should inherit the throne and as a result we got the Spanish War of Succession. Eventually it was Philip V, who was the grandson of King Louis of France, who ascended to the throne, which antagonised England and Holland, which were growing in competition with France. This also of course led to a downfall in the amount of power Spain had in Europe, and why today Spain does not have control over as much of Europe as it did at the time. The Spanish Empire was partitioned between the major and minor powers. The Austrians received most of Spain's former European realms, but the Duke of Anjou retained peninsular Spain and Spanish America, where, after renouncing his claim to the French succession, as we know, he reigned as King Philip V. At the time, Spain and France were the big superpowers in Western Europe, and Britain sort of an up-and-coming nation. The subsequent 13 years of bitter fighting changed all of that, and it completely knocked Spain out of the running, damaged France standing, and most important, left Britain as the most powerful country in Europe. So what would have happened if Carlos had had a child? I feel like first we need to mention why old Charlie here didn't have a child, because he knew he was the last in line for the throne, so why wouldn't he have borne a child to continue the lineage of the Habsburgs? Well, unfortunately, Carlos's parents were actually uncle and niece. And not only that, but inbreeding like this had been going on in this family for over 13 years. And if you Google a picture of this man, I think you can tell. Something interesting, actually, is that using portraits from the House of Habsburg, scientists were able to create a link for the first time between facial deformities as a result of inbreeding. Many, many members of this family had the same protruding jaw, which was actually called the Habsburg jaw. Anyway, back to the what-ifs. At the time, the only acceptable way to become king or queen was to be born to a ruler and inherit the title on their death. You couldn't just hold a free vote on your next leader or anything like that. God forbid. This was obviously a massive problem for the family as Carlos II was impotent thanks to the years of inbreeding we just mentioned. Historians say that if the lineage of the Habsburg had continued, for starters, you'd be looking at a completely redrawn map of Europe, plus a much more Spanish-influenced new world. Britain also likely wouldn't have conquered half of the world, with the result that English today would be a much less dominant language. I wonder if Britain hadn't been so powerful and hadn't gone out colonising like they have. Would they have colonised Ireland? Like, probably. We are right next door, I guess. Or maybe we would have been colonised by Spain if they kept their power going. Interesting to think about what language we might be speaking. Would I be speaking Spanish right now? Or maybe Ireland would have been left alone and we could still be speaking Irish. 
Our third counterfactual that we're going to discuss is what would have happened if Bill Clinton's defense secretary had told the truth about bombing North Korea? So Bill Clinton, as we know, was the 42nd president of the United States and served in the Oval Office from 1993 to 2001. In 1994, there were worries in the US about North Korea's nuclear program, which I guess we're probably still pretty worried about today, I imagine. And there was a fear that they would carry out an attack on South Korea. Clinton wanted to know if it would have been possible for them to take out North Korea's reactor in Yongbyon without causing too much of a disruption. Bill Clinton's Secretary of Defense at the time was William Perry. Two bills in the office. A double bill, some might say. Perry believed that they could successfully take out this reactor in North Korea without causing any kind of contamination or damage to the area. He must not have trusted old Bill with the truth as he decided to keep it a secret. Perry decided not to tell Clinton that he thought they could have gotten away with it successfully so as we know, Yongbyon was not bombed. Perry also thought that if Clinton had authorised the strike here, it would have led to an all-out war on the Korean Peninsula. Thankfully, he kept quiet about all of this, and as a result, Korea wasn't bombed, and modern East Asia as we know it today was created. But what if William Perry had told Clinton? What if he couldn't keep it a secret? What if he was an awful gossip, and they told him that he should allow a strike on North Korea? Well, later on this was actually gamed by the Pentagon themselves, and they determined that a war on the Korean Peninsula would have ended in a minimum of a million casualties. 300,000 North Korean shells would have absolutely leveled South Korea's capital Seoul in a single hour. Nearly as many US servicemen would have died as during the Vietnam War. And given the way that Vietnam War shook up US culture and politics, it's hard to imagine that Korea too would do any otherwise. But the biggest effect would have been on Asia. South Korea today is a regional economic powerhouse, not a bombed out wasteland. China would have had to deal with a US force right on its border, which could possibly lead to conflict. But on the other hand, there'd be no Kim Jong-un today, developing a scary nuclear program. So maybe it's not all bad. Hard to say. Much to think about. The fourth and penultimate counterfactual that we're going to discuss today is what would have happened if 9-11 was foiled. 9-11 is the most significant event to happen to the USA since Pearl Harbor. The collapse of the Twin Towers and the murder of nearly 3,000 people in New York City, Washington and Pennsylvania affected everyone who was alive to witness it on some deep fundamental level. We all know it, it's one of the most harrowing events in our lifetimes. And I feel like one of those what ifs that I'm actually really curious about because it means events that happened it was in my own lifetime would have happened differently, which is really interesting. There are many reasons for the intelligence failings that led to the attack's success, and perhaps halting it simply wasn't possible. But for some people, like former Clinton and Bush White House staffer Richard Clark, think that there was a chance in 2001 of 9-11 actually being averted. Now had that chance been taken, 2022 would look very, very different. For one thing, Islamist terrorism wouldn't nearly be the issue it is today, 9-11 not only demonstrated the terrible capabilities of jihadists, it also inspired countless others to set off bombs, unfortunately, in Madrid, London, and Paris, and many others. Also, the biggest Islamist terror group of all time today likely wouldn't be around. ISIS rose out of the invasion of Iraq, an invasion that was part sparked by the traumas of 9-11. Without it, Saddam's and toppled, the Iraqi government doesn't collapse, and the revolutionaries don't ultimately morph into the terror group that we know today, which is of course ISIS. After 9-11, 
everyone in the West became a lot more cautious, and mass surveillance its, and its powers were definitely boosted in the post-9-11 era, which I think has a lot of fallout for us today. If this caution is about terrorism and surveilling everyone hadn't been such a boom in the 2000s. Of course, there may have been another event which would cause this. We don't exactly know. People who are more knowledgeable on this subject have come to the conclusion that with no 9-11, we'd have less mass surveillance, meaning no Edward Snowden revelations, and no NSA nosing through people's emails all the time. And that's before we even get into the effect on culture. Our world without 9-11 is one where the USA still feels very sure of itself, very invincible. And that, of course, would be reflected in all of the TV and movies and games surrounding the US. Also, interestingly, we perhaps would have never gotten a Fifty Shades of Grey movie. Now, what I've heard is that the events of 9-11 inspired a lot of my chemical romance music, which in turn somehow inspired Stephanie Meyer to write Twilight. And then, of course, Fifty Shades of Grey was written as a fanfiction of Twilight, so we never would have had that, which is interesting. And maybe a bit sad, because that soundtrack does slap, but, you know, I would take not having 9-11 over not having the Fifty Shades of Grey soundtrack. Finally, we've come to our last counterfactual for this podcast. The one I think we've all been waiting for. The one we all like to think if we go back in time, we'd somehow make this happen. What if Hitler had died before World War II? Specifically, what if he had died during World War I? What I actually didn't realize, which I feel like I should have known, is that Hitler enlisted in the Bavarian army during World War I. The main fact that I can remember about him when he was young is that he didn't get into art school. And who knows, maybe if that had happened, things also would have turned out differently. Maybe he would have been relaxed and became a nice painter or something like that. Anyway, we all know the horrors that Hitler and the Nazi party inflicted upon our world. A less explored piece of history is the ultimate influence on World War I upon World War II. Many of the most influential figures of the 20th century gained political or military experience in the First World War, including the future tyrant Adolf Hitler. When World War I broke out, Hitler enlisted in the Bavarian army and became a message runner on the Western Front. This job was a particularly dangerous one, so he could have been killed several times by enemy fire or poison gas. What researchers believe would have happened if Hitler had in fact passed away during World War I is that World War II would have still happened but it would not have been the war that we know. The twofold punch of the Great Depression and the Treaty of Versailles being signed, all but signed the death warrant of the Weimar Republic, which was the German government between 1919 and 1933. The future of Germany depended upon their willingness to veer left or right after this event. In the absence of a growing Nazi party, historians think that the right-wing opposition to the Weimar Republic would have coalesced and become the German National People's Party or the DNVP. This party shared some similarities with the Nazis, but a few key differences set them apart. The most important one was their pledge to restore the monarchy, so in this alternate timeline, Germany would have gotten its king back, and then probably ventured down a similar path to World War II. However, if Germany had swerved left, Ernst Thalmann's, I'm probably butchering this man's name, sorry to this man, Ernst Thalmann's Communist Party would have taken power in the country. Sorry, comrade, for butchering your name. This move would have turned the geopolitical game against the Allies in mad ways. If a German-Soviet alliance materialised in this alternate timeline, the Second World War could have created a communist Europe, or turned the continent into a nuclear wasteland. 
quite a big difference, but for those deeply opposed to communism, I guess maybe not that different. Anyway, comrades, this is where I leave you. I hope this episode has provided you with some interesting thought exercises. I know it certainly sent me spiraling while I was researching some of these. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next time. Bye.